Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the OBR Newswire podcast. This is your Tuesday edition, April 5th. It's your home for all things Cleveland Browns. We hope you guys are doing well. Hope this podcast finds you and yours healthy. Uh, we are following up today on this idea of what is to come in the future for the Cleveland Browns and their football organization here. We, we spent some time yesterday talking with Jared Mueller about the idea of uh, how the Browns are allocating their picks and balancing their, ta- their, their what's called their window of competition, looking at um, – you know, whether they have an eye on winning a championship this year or a couple of years down the road, and then how they're sort of balancing their draft picks and how many draft picks and the aggression with which they're using those draft picks to make organizational decisions. So this will be a fun idea, a fun topic, and it will build right in with our guest, who I will get to here in just a moment, um, regarding a couple pieces of his writing recently. As you know, this time of year, us Browns writers are looking at big picture things. Um, you know, we don't necessarily have anything right in front of us with uh, mini camps or things of that nature. So we look at how the Browns are shaping up for the now, how they're shaping up for the later, and hopefully this can all sort of tie neatly together at the end of the process. Before we get going, though, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. You guys hear me talk about them pretty much every day on this podcast. They continue to be a proud sponsor of uh, not only – uh, ourselves here at the OBR Newswire podcast, but also the OBR Film Breakdown podcast, and many more on the Blue Wire podcast network. They have the online gambling, such as poker, blackjack, 24 hours a day. They have Madden 20 simulations. You can bet on Big Brother, stock prices, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. We use that promo code Blue Wire to get a welcome bonus. And that welcome bonus is not something you have to work for, but is ultimately there right away and fair for you to use and make some money off of. Again, we appreciate betonline.ag. I hope you guys can get a sign-up opportunity there. Take advantage of what they're offering. Blue Wire podcast listeners, again, using that promo code BLUEWIRE. That's BetOnline, your online wagering solution. And then also Blue Chew, who has been with us now for a couple weeks, um, the company that's ultimately trying to make your life easier if you're struggling in any way, shape, or form with performance at home. They have the same ingredients in this new chewable form as Viagra and Cialis. Blue Chew does a fantastic job of being discreet about their process and making, like I said, your life easier in this endeavor. You can take the chewable on a full stomach. You can go to the, um, the virtual doctor's visit that is free of cost. And if approved, the order ships right to your door in discreet packaging. It's a great deal for you guys at bluechew.com. Get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Pay that $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com using that promo code BLUEWIRE. Again, we appreciate Bluetooth sponsorship, and hopefully you use them to make that angle of your life easier should you need to. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get over to our guest, Fred Griefen. Fred is on every Tuesday uh, providing the insights that are, uh, you know, unparalleled with his access to the coaching staff in the front office, and he does a fantastic job of making both the uh, connections between those two 
and bringing them to you guys every day. Fred, how are you today, sir? Doing great, Jake. Ready to awesome. go here. Fantastic. Let's let's talk about your piece recently, which I thought was really interesting, posted on April 29th. If you guys, uh, OBR subscribers, want to go back and check it out. It's eight steps to get into the playoffs in 2020. And um, this is the, the post-draft look from Fred. Um, so walk me through a little bit of this for you, Fred. Like the, the things you think that they needed to hit on. I know the first thing here was signing or trading for a starting tackle, and they knocked that out of the park, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, back on March 9th, full free agency even um, began. We started with a kind of like four offensive moves and four defensive moves that I felt the Browns could make that could put them in the hunt for the playoffs. They didn't say they'd make the playoffs, but let's at least get into the picture and talk about it. And uh, so that was the pre-free agency one before anything happened. And my number one um, offensive move was to sign a right tackle in free agency. And I actually had the number one choice being Jack Conklin. So nice. I feel like I can't disagree at all with the Browns because they did exactly what I wanted them to do. Very rarely does that happen, by the way, Jake. <laughs> okay. The second move, I had them drafting a starting tackle. Now, I wasn't sure if they were going to sign or if they, if they were able to sign a free agent tackle, if, if he'd be a right tackle or a left tackle. So I just wanted him to draft one. They did that too, Jedrick Wills. So, bang, two for two. The third one, I had him sign a fullback in free agency. There was um, C.J. Ham, who was a restricted free agent, who was with Stefanski in Minnesota. And ultimately, the Vikings re-signed him and didn't let him hit the market. And my second choice was Andy Janovich. And they actually traded for him. So I thought he was going to be a free agent, but evidently he was not. And the Browns traded for him. So in Stefanski's offense, they have that fullback. And then the fourth move was sign a starting right guard. Now, after that came out, I got information that they really liked Wyatt Teller, Drew Forbes. And then they ultimately drafted Nick Harris, who who knows, he could even be in the mix there. But that's the only one that they didn't really address. But I really put that down in case they couldn't get a tackle in free agency because there wasn't too many available. You know, there was Brian Balaga and Jack Conklin and then maybe Jason Peters, who I think is still out there. So I had the guard being Tooney from the Patriots or Scherf from the Redskins. Both of them got franchised. So overall, I gave them a pretty good grade there. And then as kind of at large, I had them, you know, try to get depth at wide receiver and so forth. They ended up getting Austin Hooper, who I think kind of hit that out of the park. Um, and then drafted Harrison Bryant and so forth. And so bringing back Rashard Higgins, overall I gave him an A on offense because they really hit most every area I wanted. Then I did defense as well. Yeah, let's talk about that defense if you don't mind. I think it's, it's particularly interesting, Fred. I think I've noticed people are more concerned with adding edge depth. And, and listen, I, I know there's a lot of edge talent still in free agency, obviously between Everson Griffin and um, – and Jadevian Clowney, 
But to me, it's like the Browns have, haven't had three real defensive ends for a long time, like three real defensive ends if you include Adrian Claiborne. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, if it, it's, it's, it's not even one of their biggest weaknesses to me. I, I find linebacker to be wildly concerning. Are you in the same mix as me, or do you think they need to address something else back there? Yeah, if the pre-free agency, my number one defense was sign a starting safety because they had, they had pretty much let all their safeties go. Eric Murray, um, Justin Burris, Demarius Randall. They were all going to free agency. They were going to cut Morgan Burnett. And so they really had nobody left on the roster but Sheldrick Redwine and a JT Hassel. Those are the only two safeties. Well, they ended up signing Carl Joseph and Andrew Santejo, both in the free agency. So I felt like those were stopgap moves, both one-year deals. Um, but then they drafted Grant Delpit. So my number one was address safety. And I, I really feel that they've upgraded from last year the safety position overall with Delpit over Burnett and Joseph, we'll see, you know, over Randall. But as far as – that was my number one move. Second was starting linebacker. I wanted him to retain Joe Schobert mm-hmm. at the time and, and go get somebody like Littleton or Van Noy. They ultimately, all they did – was get B.J. Goodson, and uh, who's been a journeyman in his career. Time will tell if he can play. And then Jacob Phillips in the third round. You know, there's some questions about how he'll do. Um, but, yeah, linebacker to me is the number one priority still. Um, but they were second in the area I wanted to address there. Third was a defensive end. At the time when I first wrote this, the general assumption was – Olivier Vernon would not see the light of day with his $15.25 million salary. You know, with the analytics guy, most experts assume they would let him go. But to the Browns' credit, I do credit them this, is unless you get somebody better, you don't part ways. And that's kind of what I felt like with Joe Schobert. Unless you get something better, you don't part ways. But they felt it was too far gone with Schobert. But to their credit, they kept Vernon around. Looks like he's going to be with the team unless something unforeseen happens with Jadavian Clowney or Everson Griffin or something like that. They also, I had them, the move to make was try to get that Yannick from the Jaguars who was being franchised, um, but that hasn't happened. Or, you know, Clowney, as I mentioned, those were the top two edge targets I had. They got Adrian Claiborne. So right now with, with Vernon, Claiborne, Garrett, yeah, I, I agree. They're, they're in pretty good shape, and I think Richardson can move outside a little bit as well. They just have to address it for the future because um, really after this year, they might have nobody left but Garrett. And then defensive tackle was the fourth area, the depth there. And I really like the Andrew Billings signing and the drafting of Jordan Elliott. So – you know, I feel like that was the safety and defensive tackle were the best two areas they addressed on defense. On the overall defense, really the only significant signing was Kevin Johnson at cornerback. They did draft, like I said, Delpit, Phillips, and Elliott, but most of the cornerbacks they added were as undrafted free agents. So 
on defense, I gave them a C plus overall. I, I feel like they just kind of filled some gaps. I don't know long term. It'll it'll depend on these three kids they drafted if they can step in and play. But I really like what they did. I was they were in sync with my thinking on offense, defense, little little different as it's played out so far. But I know you can only do so much in one offseason. So I'm happy overall with what they've done, especially on the offensive side. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they, they, I felt like they certainly have solved a lot of things offensively. Uh, it probably ultimately comes down to Baker Mayfield, but uh, how he plays, whether those, those things pan out and become the deals that we hope they will be. But defensively, linebacker is such a problem. I, I had uh, so, you know, everybody else in the division, I had one expert come on the Film Breakdown podcast and talk about their teams and you know, as good a roster as even, say, Baltimore had, the guests that came on and mentioned that they don't have any edge rush stability. They don't have uh, – they have a real weakness there. And it's like, you know, every team is going to have a weakness. It's how how well can you mitigate that weakness. I think the Browns have ultimately identified that linebacker is going to be that place that they sort of become economically friendly and try to save money there and get the uh, production to dollar value, which is just going to be fascinating. I mean, there are names out there. Nigel Bradham's still out there. Uh, former Eagle, Michael Kendricks. Yes, that Michael Kendricks is a free agent, somehow has avoided jail time in that whole situation. I'd be a little awkward if the Browns brought him back in some form, but he's also still out there. And, um, you know, there's just a bunch of weird names. Anthony Ciccolo, former Steelers out there. Um, but it's slim. I mean, the, the the linebacker market, I mean, like guys that like Terrell Suggs and Clay Matthews are labeled linebackers, but they're rush guys. Those aren't linebackers, off-ball linebackers that you need. So, I don't know where they go. Maybe they swing some sort of interesting little trade for a team overloaded at off-ball linebacker. I'm not sure because I'm having a conversation with a couple different people about who's going to be calling the defense this year, and it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, I know Joe Schobert did it last year, and um, you typically have a linebacker who does that, but I don't know who's going to be a three-down linebacker. Is Mac Wilson going to be a three-down linebacker? He's got to get a lot better. Then from there, it's like, like you said, Fred, is B.J. Goodson, who's a career journeyman, is that guy going to be a three-down player for them? So many unanswered questions. I think that they can get by at almost every position, but they they would really be wise for Andrew Barry, who's been kind of that nice level of cautiously aggressive to figure out linebacker a little bit. But make sure you guys are reading Fred's eight steps to uh, to get you know the Browns squared away. And he's got some depth chart projections, starting with quarterback that are coming out that are really phenomenal, too, that are going to lay out every position give you some interesting information about each player, even the undrafted free agent guys. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Fred, thanks, buddy, as always, for your time uh, tonight and, and for coming on on every Tuesday. Hey, always a pleasure. Look forward to it. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. A big shout-out to our two sponsors, Blue Chew and BetOnline.ag, and especially Fred Greetham for taking time to join us and uh, give us that good content and good talking points about where the Browns are going in the future as well as answering their issues right now, right? Eight steps to get to the playoffs right now. Hopefully that translates to competing and winning the AFC North. We'll keep our eyes on this and maybe revisit it once the season comes and goes and see how they did handling some of those issues. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys subscribing. Um, we always appreciate you leaving those reviews on iTunes, five stars, whatever. There will be another podcast this the rest of this week from the OBR Newswire, and we'll have a film breakdown pod, like I said earlier, referencing looking at other teams and how they drafted in the division and how it all ties together. Keep an eye out for tomorrow, too. John Stephenson's Jacob Phillips Film Room, which is loaded with clips 
an insight on the young linebacker about who he could become in Joe Woods' defense, about 2,500 words, very informative piece that he worked very hard on, and I think you guys will appreciate it. So until we talk, go Browns.